When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to CLNS Media, powered by betonline.ag. Go to clnsmedia.com slash roll. Use our promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your first deposit. The big girls love that. Chicks love the last shot opportunity. Somebody give me a napkin so I can wipe my mouth. Ah. When we start talking about the impact that players have socially, mm-hmm. give me the top four guys who have, you know, socially have changed things. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and we could go right now. We could say present day. We go LeBron. Yeah, LeBron has Absolutely. been very much in the public eye, but you'd have to say Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. He'd be, be one of the first. Then you have to talk about John Carlos and, um, you know, that they, you know, the Olympic, you know, holding their fists up, you know, for, you know, the whole thing about injustice. And if you talk about that, where does Kaepernick stand mm. right now as a, as a, as a player? Mm. Where, where does he stand now? Did, did his movement alone, did he sacrifice his career for, for a movement? Absolutely. For a movement. 100%. So who, He can still play right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, who who did that? Yeah. Anybody do that? I mean, we look at Jordan. Did Jordan, say, Jordan ever say anything? He shot away from stuff like that, huh? I'm good. He said Republicans. He said they buy, they buy sneakers too. <laughs> he, was, he was about the business. LeBron James. How come he doesn't get knocked, knocked for that? He had, or, or maybe he not was. knocked enough. He was during that time. I think people did knock him, but I don't think that people were as socially as aware now as they were then. Mm-hmm. How'd you feel about it at the time? I think that everybody kind of stayed in their own lane. Everybody stayed in their own lane, that, you know, except Muhammad Ali. He was one of the few people that spoke out against the Vietnam War. And my father almost died there in Vietnam. So I had a, a mixed conflict with who Ali was, stay, you know, saying, you know, I'm not going to Vietnam mm-hmm. when my father didn't want to go either. But yeah, no I almost died there and right. still has shrapnel in him right now from 50, 60 years ago, whenever wow. it was. Wow. Yeah. You know, you talk about Cap, you talk about LeBron. I mean, why do you think during those times, during the 90s, that that wasn't the case? Do you think it was because guys like Muhammad Ali... Maybe maybe professional athletes feel like that they already paved the way. The way was already paved, and that they didn't have to do any much more fighting or at least speaking out on those I types think, of I think social social no. injustices. 
the social injustices because it's always around the social injustices were still there exactly well at, that's, that's at, my point at, at that time I just think it was an era in the 90s that everybody was just stayed kind of in their lane mm. and if Jordan didn't do it who else is going to do it the best player in the game doesn't do it who else steps up you know who else talks about you know I'm not going to the White House who else says that you know, I think that that was that was huge in our time. But we look at Kaepernick now. We look at Kaepernick. We look at LeBron, and I think obviously it's the the landscape has changed mm. on you know what we're gonna do and what we're gonna say. And there's a platform now that Jordan didn't have. Let's be honest about that. That he didn't have that LeBron James has, and that's mm. Twitter and you know all these different followers. Now, if Jordan spoke. Millions of people were going to listen. Oh, of course, yeah. but um, it, it was it was a different time there. Right, man. You talk about Cap's legacy, and not even well. When we talk getting back to LeBron, when we talk about what he's been saying against social injustices and, and and ways that they can fix it. But he's going straight to the root of it, and at least in my opinion, with the I Promise School. I love that whole pr- project and what he did with that, and and helping kids. It's to, a shame to focus. It was. It's a shame that anybody would tarnish what LeBron James did. Oh, absolutely. Anybody who is that stupid deserves whatever they get. Right. You know, if the President of the United States saying, oh, LeBron is, you know, is dumb. And and just, it, it, it just defies logic to mm-hmm. me when you think about a guy who's done that much for his community and tried to reach out to, you know, change, who has changed the lives of hundreds and thousands of kids with his foundation mm-hmm. and what he's done, mm-hmm. it's so, incredible. So yeah, that, that's uh, that that is uh, that's really incredible. And you think about Jordan could have had that same platform, Kobe could have had that same platform, but that wasn't what they did. That wasn't who they were. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about that, that, that during those times, and you, you look back on great players like you know we 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 talk about Iverson was a great player, but. Iverson stayed in his lane. Yeah, he had his, he had enough problems with the law <laughs> and all these other things that he was dealing with. He's like, me, yeah. he like, let me quiet down. Yeah, they, let they me dig, eat, they dig yeah. something up. Yeah, they might they might find something else on me. So I mean, that, there were guys who had it, but you know, Kaepernick didn't. He didn't. He didn't have that. Right. So, but I, I think that he, the thing about Kaepernick, he chose to step in that, mm. whereas Muhammad Ali was drafted into it. If he hadn't been drafted, we'd never heard about that from Muhammad Ali. But Kaepernick said, you know, this is what I'm going to do now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm popular right now. And this might change people's opinion. This is me. my time to, and, to and, do it. And this right. is what I love about Kaepernick's thing. And a reporter came on one time and he was talking to some, some fans who were, were booing NFL players who, ne- who were kneeling. And he said, the fans said... Um, speaking on on camera and said uh i really gave it to those guys you know when they wouldn't when they were kneeling and during the national anthem i saw screaming and yelling at them and then then the reporter said so you were screaming and yelling during the national anthem <laughs> i got parents like oh well, yeah, man i didn't but and you look at it those athletes at the time what were they doing they were kneeling in the protests, mm. in a silent way. Yeah. America is based on freedom of speech. Right. People want to argue about this. Well, you can't do this at working. Well, at that point in the NFL, 
you can't. You what, what do you want everybody to do? Go to the bathroom right. at one time, and and not and then not. Then you're gonna be mad because all of them march back out together. <laughs> but they chose at that time to do what they did. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that we should. You know, it, it's it, it it was it was fascinating to see Kaepernick go through what he did at the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I just remember it well because my father was during the 60s. We were traveling through Georgia and my brother and I went into a bathroom and my father had just got back from Vietnam. And we went into a, uh, a bathroom and it was a white establishment uh, pumping some gas. And my dad, uh, we walked in. The guy didn't see us. We went to the bathroom. We came back out. My mother was about to go in the bathroom after us. And the guy said, uh that's not your bathroom. You can't go in there. But you had already gone in or you? We had gone in. We had already came out. He didn't see us. But my mother was about to go in and he said, you can't go in there. He said, your bathroom is in the garage. And it was a nasty, dirty, you know, bathroom that was in the garage for black people. And that's why I say I'm in a different era than, than most people. You know, people want to talk about civil rights and all this stuff. I lived it. Mm. I didn't like you see people read about. Well, I read about Martin Luther King. Well, I was I was I was alive during that time. I was in school when Martin Luther King got killed. I was, you know, our our teachers bought a TV to, you know, in the room and we watched Martin Luther King's funeral live. So when they talk about eras and, and where you're from. I'm I'm in a completely different era and tend to be here in Boston and hear people like Stephen A. Smith say, well, Boston is a racist city because Boston would love to have all, they would love to have a great white player. And he was talking about, you know, maybe Gordon Hayward. I said, every team right now, every franchise would love to have a great white player. Mm-hmm. He said, well, why? Well, because the average fan that comes to the game is, what color is he, black or white? You and I talked about it before. How many black people are sitting down in the lower bowl? Right. You and I right. talked about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And unless they're a patriot, <laughs> you're a patriot, or you Beyonce, or you know somebody like how many right. how many people of color have we seen sitting down there on in the lower bowl? You don't. Right. You had that conversation with Adam Kaufman actually on uh, Celtics beat, and he couldn't give you a definitive answer of which. What are you more likely to see, a, a person of color or, or? Well, I had this, and white we, person. We we can go on because you know we, we I'm sure we're going to put this in several captions of this uh, podcast. But there was even last year, uh, they came to me last year. Um, they were talking. It was maybe two years ago. Um, the Boston Police Department honored Red Red Arback on oh, the second day right. of Black History that's Month. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They honored him, and people were pissed off about it. But they went and people missed the point. They were honoring Red Arback not for his accomplishments, for winning championships. They were saying that he had championed the rights of having the first black player mm-hmm. with Chuck Cooper, the starting five, first black five guys starting in the NBA on a team with the Boston Celtics, and Bill Russell being a the first black head coach. Mm-hmm. You missed the point. And what I said at that time, I said, it's called Black History Month. It's not called Black People's Month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because of that, people are like, oh, and I could say that. And and really, and I even went to the Celtics. To me, 
the thing that even with the Boston Celtics now is we look at the Celtics. The Celtics don't have anybody of color in their front office. And in, in today's world, that shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. There should be somebody. And I talked to I talked a couple of the owners about that. Uh, you know, that, you know, there needs to be somebody in that office who is of color. You think the National Basketball Association is probably made up with 75 percent brothers of color. The Boston Celtics and their their management. They have close your eyes. Tell me what you say. <laughs> That'd be nothing. Zero. <laughs> Goose you don't yeah. have one. And that shouldn't be the case. Right. Right. And I said it. I really don't care about that. Good that, for you. I'm glad that's, you said that's, that. That's, their, that's my opinion. They understand it. I think the commissioner would love for the Celtics to do something about it. And the sooner the Celtics do it, the better, the, the happier I'll mm-hmm. be. And I'm not soliciting. I'm not soliciting for the job myself. Right. I, I'm really not. I just want this organization to get in line with what's going on in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Get with the times. Yes, get with the times. Because yeah. even if it's a woman or whoever it is, mm-hmm. you know that ha- that has to change with with this organization. I was surprised that people in the city couldn't understand the Red Auerbach thing. Like to me, that was a no brainer. Well, I, I, I think, understand, I think, and I remember I, I commended you the next day when I read the article. And I'm like, I'm glad you said something because not a lot of people can say something. You know, you're the that, one. Oh, saying, that, and that's that's my point right. about the Celtics that they don't have anybody who was going to be able to say something mm-hmm. during that time. Uh, Rayla Arbach's daughter came up to me at an event uh, maybe three months after that it happened. And she said, Max, I really want to thank you for coming to the defense of my father. He said, my father championed the cause of people of color mm-hmm. in the NBA. And for them, for people just to say, oh, you, you can't. You can't honor him. And even if it, people say, well, it was the Boston Police Department. I don't care who it was. Mm-hmm. I don't care who honored Red mm-hmm. back at the time during Black History Month. His accomplishments on the line of color, to me, were huge. I mean, people, the, the people know that John Brown, the great abolitionist, he was white. People recognize him. Red Arback did something in today's world which helped people of color. All these brothers right now in the NBA, if it wasn't for oh, Red, Ar- Red, yeah, Red Arback saying, I'm going to take the best player and I'm going to put him on my team mm-hmm. and everybody else follows suit. The irony of all that to me is when people talk about this city is that the Red Sox were the last team that became... That signed a, a player of color. Yes. Yeah. So... You know, the Celtics, I, I was before the NAACP, I spoke uh, at a um, an event where I was uh, representing the Celtics. And I wasn't supposed to speak. And then the lady said, well, you have five minutes. We need you to talk for five minutes. I said, okay. And I got up. I said, well, I want to thank you guys for giving, giving the Celtics this award. And uh, I want to say a little bit about the Celtics. I said most recently, Red Arback was uh, honored and people were upset by it. I said, let me give you some history about the Boston Celtics. I said, the Boston Celtics had the first black player mm-hmm. to play in the NBA. They had the first starting black five in the NBA. They had the first black coach, coach yep. in the NBA. That, to me, is the history alone. And that was done because of Red Arback. And if you can't, and, and look, people say, well, you're, you're saying that only because, you know, you were under Red Arback. Look, 
if there's anybody who would be against Red Arback, would have been me. I got traded for, for nothing because <laughs> I got hurt. So I'm not defending him in that way that I'm just old pro Celtics. I'm defending him because this is really what should be said mm-hmm. when we start talking about social injustices or the way things really are. People are always the first thing, oh, my God, I'm not going to Boston because it's so racist. I hear that all around the country. Still, you still yeah, hear that. Yeah, I still hear right. that. They're more. Boston does not have a monopoly mm-hmm. on racism. You know, John Henson was in Milwaukee where we're going now. He went to a jewelry store, probably around about five o'clock. And here's a multimillionaire. He wanted to buy a, a Rolex watch. They closed the door. They called the police. They thought they, they would be. He was going to rob them. That <laughs> this was this happened about two years ago. Right. We ain't talking about ten years. ago. We're talking about two years ago. So we, let's let's not. Go on this whole thing about, oh, my God, Boston is the most racist town. And, you know, oh, my God, they would love that. Every team in the NBA would love to have, and every organization would love, in this that I know of, would love to have a great player because the average fan is white. Mm-hmm. And the average fan would identify with a white player than before they would a black player. People, oh, my God, you can't. Yes, I can say that. Because if you had two players who were in, did this on Kaufman. So if you had two players, their talent level was equal. Who would be the easiest one tomorrow? Oh, you stumped him with this one. You who know would what be the Oh, well, I think, I don't think it's just, you don't think what? You don't think that that white player would be easier to market well, you know, people identify with that. Yeah, okay. Right. He wasn't trying to be a headline. That's what it is. No, <laughs> one, no. one. I think he thought he he was he may offend you by saying that. And two, I think he didn't want to be a headline. Adam Coffin says the NBA needs more white people than black than black players. Like, no, was it? In today's, in today's, I day, just said that, no, no, not you. I'm saying from no, his perspective. His perspective was just that that the white players at that time to me. It is just from a marketing standpoint, it's just easier to do. One thousand percent. And you made great examples. No Dirk Nowinski. It can't be it can't about... be it can't be easy. What? It can't be? Really? <laughs> really? You you really think that? So Luka you know. Doncic. Oh. Come on. Oh my gosh. Luka Doncic at what Atlanta did. To me is that is the I, I don't even know how you make that move mm. in today's world. Luka Doncic is a great white player you're in a I was talking to people about this in Atlanta you know well you know uh, Trey is is a great player I said yeah but if you're marketing to a fan base in Atlanta which is mostly white Mm -hmm. you're telling me that Coca-Cola doesn't come in and Luca Luca Doncic doesn't have a street right now or a Coke product named after him really because he's, he would be a more marketable person, not only in Atlanta, but internationally. Everywhere. He's going to be much more easier to market than Trey would. Mm. So I don't care. I don't see how anybody could even make that. And I talked to Dominique Wilkins about it, and he and I were pretty much on the same page with that. It's like, you know, he's like, it's just, just a fact. Not that he hated Trey, because I think he really <laughs> believes it. Right. But Trey Young, but... uh I just think that it would Luka Doncic and Trey Young. You get them, and I'm gonna ask you right now, which one of those guys? Luka, no question. 
Luca, the, the hype was there before he even got to the draft. I mean, it's a no-brainer. So, and then Atlanta picks him and trades him. What are you thinking about? Tell are you thinking about?